0: Welcome to Divine Line. I'm Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I'm here to share with you musings and perspectives on what it really truly means to live a life divine. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey everyone, podcast cosmic family, I'm so happy to be here with you this week sharing The immense knowledge, wisdom, and purity of the science of Ayurveda. I am recording today from uh, one of the treatment rooms in Surya Spa. This is located in the Palisades, and this is the clinic of Marta Sofer, who I did a seven day Panchakarma treatment with in January of 2018. So she is incredibly busy. Um, I normally don't travel to interview guests, uh, but she is uh, truly a treasure of wisdom and someone uh, who I really am looking forward to speaking with about Ayurveda, about healing, about nurturing the body into uh, divinity, into this, the state of complete perfection, Balance, if that exists, um, but really uh, a state of, of pure expression of the original divine blueprint. And so um, I think we're going to learn a lot from her today, and I'm inc- incredibly grateful and blessed that she's taking the time to share a little bit of her story with us today. Before we get into the interview, I just want to mention her website. It is Suriaspa.com. That is S-U-R-Y-A.com. You can go to the website and look at all the treatments that she offers. If you have the ability, um, I would say don't miss this opportunity to nurture yourself, um, and to develop a new relationship with your body that will allow you to communicate and really receive yourself as divine. So let's get into the episode. Here's Marta. All right, Marta, thanks so much for letting me come in here and speak to you. I had just shared before she wasn't in the room when I recorded the intro, but I have never gone to somebody else's location to interview them because usually my show is just me sharing, you know, different healing techniques and perspectives and stuff. Um, and my husband's show rich roll podcast is very interview based and he's brilliant at that. But I was telling them that I've traveled here just, it's only, you know, 40 minutes from my house, but I didn't want to miss this opportunity to speak to you. And I knew, I mean, Marta was like, I'll come to you. It's fine. But when I ask her to come to me, I know that this is taking her away from patients who really need her. And so I made sure that I came here today. So Marta, I just completed a seven-day Panchakarma with you last month. I can't remember if it was January, February. I think it was January. Um, I won't expect you to remember. (laughs) But anyway, it was such a divine experience. And I was just speaking to one of your clients at the at the beautiful uh, kitchen table as we were sharing an organic meal that you so lovingly prepare and serve to everyone who comes here every day that, you know, even if let's just say even if you didn't uh, believe that you receive benefits from the herbs. Even if you felt that the, uh, the ancient traditions or the spiritual energy that seeped into this science uh, works or not, the simple act of meeting your body with this level of nourishment and nurturing every day has to move mountains. I mean, it's something that we are so foreign to. In this external world, and so what I would love to take this precious opportunity is for you to share your story, speak to us about Ayurveda. But uh, what is it that Ayurveda holds for us? In you know, here we are, we're thousands of miles away from India. We're in a very modern city of the Palisades or of you know, suburb of LA. So what does Ayurveda bring? Bring the modern human who is. Dealing with all of these modern stresses and everything else in, in life, just talk to us a little bit about that.
1: <clears throat> well, mm, hello everyone, <laughs> I'm Martha. Um, so, what I believe that Ayurveda has brought to everyone, um, just like you said, even if we put all the oils and I make all the things and I er and then I boil the herbs and do all these things, no matter what, the magic of the plants are in there. And we are so connected to them. Like we eat plants every day. You think about it. You eat uh, lettuce, you eat, you eat carrots. You eat. Those are plants. Simply, Simple, you eat them. Um, what I'm doing is just like infusing them into the different oils. And um, what it does is that really helps the body when you put the boluses, I don't know if you remember. So, like these boluses that I make with herbs, and then we put them deep into your, we put them into your, into your body, opens the pores, and then these oils and herbs go into your body and go to a cellular level and start detoxing and moving all the free radicals out of your body. Mm-hmm. So today, in in I will consider lay, uh, or pretty much everywhere, is that people don't uh, stop. They don't, people just have to go every day, seven days a week. They just have to work. And if you think about it, maybe uh, 40, 50 years ago, people will stop, will stop and go and have lunch, will stop and have dinner with the family. Like they will stop at six o'clock, They will be dinner with all the kids. And uh, that is getting lost. It's just like work, 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 and more business, and more money, and more moving. So the Vata, which is the air is aggravating everyone. So everybody's nervous system is going to, um, to the streams because they are, they are not able to relax and to really appreciate life and respect their bodies. I feel, I feel people every day that I see here, they don't respect their body. They don't respect the nature and the way nature is intended for us to live. If you think about it, maybe 60, 70 years ago, there was no stores that were open on Sundays. Everything was closed. Now, pretty much, you can wake up at 3 in the morning <laughs> and then go on the Internet and buy whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that, what happens. People know this, and they know they can get up at 3 in the morning Or they don't have to, but if someone that has vata aggravating, which will be like insomnia, they will up at three in the morning and they go on the computer and they can just get lost in that world. Mm -hmm. Instead Instead of just trying to go back to sleep or meditate or do something to help their body. They just go into the computer and they start doing more of this thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, which aggravates more the vata of the body. So what I would like for people to what is so beautiful about ayurveda is that it really teaches how to balance the body with the three with the with the three and the three doshas which is the vata the pita and the kapha. The vata like I said before is the air or like the, everything that moves in the body. The pita is the fire and the kapha is the earth and water. So whenever any of this goes out of balance, so there is a manifestation in the body in different ways. The pitta probably will be with heartburn or feeling hot. Or, um, and the kapha will be like maybe getting retaining water and getting like, like some people get edema. And that's just the water part of the body. So if we get this balance, then our bodies will be... But why these things go in balance? Because we don't pay attention to our bodies. Our bodies will tell you, like if, for example, you're going to get a cold. I'll make you an example. You're going to get a cold. You get a tiny bit of sore throat before. like, or, or the first sign is like you sneeze. And when people don't pay attention. if you, Okay, if you are in an environment where there is... Um, powder and then or flour or something, yeah, you are going to sneeze. But from, from being in a room where you wear and you sneeze for no reason, is the body telling you, pay attention to me. I need, I need attention. Rest, take a little bit of vitamin C, and you will not get the cold if you take care of that at that point. But what happens? No, we continue. We continue and don't pay attention to the point. Then I get a sore throat. At that point, at the beginning, beginning, if you take care of yourself, and do certain remedies and, and rest a little bit, then you will not get a cold. So always, always our bodies will let us know, hello, this is not working, and we don't listen to it. So what I recommend to everyone from Ayurveda, which is a holistic medicine, to really, what is so beautiful is that it treats the whole body. It doesn't only treat the physical part. It treats, when you come in here and then you do the treatments and you experience it yourself, it's everything. It's like you go emotional, uh, spiritual, uh, physical. So <clears throat> when you do this, you really get into your body, and, and then hopefully, from all the people that have been here, hopefully, people will change a little bit the form, the way they live their lives. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, so what you're talking uh,
0: talking to or speaking to is the fact that in this modern world, I think there's been a sort of programming or an, a, a, like sort of like it's a collective grid around the planet that has this drive where we've been worshiping the money God. So money has become the foremost deity in uh, a Western life. And in my case, and, and, I, and many others, we've been kind of brainwashed to believe that the pursuit of money goes above anything. So what's happened in my own experience and what I've seen is that uh, the body does give us these signs and these signals, and we are so numbed to life with so much external stimuli coming from everywhere else also societal programming, um, expectations, or expectations of achievement, of success, all of these things. Um, I hear people um, that actually brag about it if they get sick and they can just push through it and go to work with a fever or send their kids to school with a fever Or whatever it is, because that's supposed to be a great quality or an altruistic quality that you didn't listen to the body. And and then what happens when we don't listen to the body is the body keeps talking to us. And then maybe the next time it's gonna manifest in something maybe more acute. And then maybe next time, you know, if you if you're really not paying attention, and I know from the healing work that I do, a lot of it is also emotional um, turmoil or trauma that has not been addressed or has not been faced. And then this comes out in a physical ailment. But what you're saying is that, I mean, isn't the, the whole perspective of Ayurveda in contrast to Western medicine is completely opposite. Like in Western medicine, we just, we, we have an ailment and we want to take a pill and we want the pill to take away the pain within as quick as possible. And then that's it. There's no more exploration uh, as to why these conditions happen. And so just for, you know, speak to us a little bit about your, your path to Ayurveda, you know, what brought you to Ayurveda, and how did you um, come to be really, you know, a practitioner and somebody that's, uh, you know, championing this way uh, amidst the whole world of pharma and Western medicine?
1: Okay. <clears throat> My story is uh, a little bit um unusual i will say i um i am from colombia and i was studying computer science and i was working for um apple computers when they first started and it was like a little box <laughs> and you have to put the disk and um and i was programming for a company for an engineering program, program programming company to um in colombia people um Break the pipes and to steal water from the aqueduct to get water. the poor people do this. So I was working on getting uh, 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 programming to feel when the pressure was going down, where it will go down, so we will find out what the water was getting leak or what was the problem. And um, at that point, uh, I was going out had a boyfriend, and then somehow something didn't work out. And uh, so I was in my apartment, and my mom called me and said, there's this friend uh, here that says that if maybe you want to go uh, to the States and then do more computers or do English, or but the only condition that you have to do to be able to do this school uh, was the Maharishi University in Iowa. The only condition is that you need to TM. I don't like TM. What is TM? Uh, so then I went to the TM center, uh, which is Transcendental Meditation. I went to the TM center and th- did the whole lecture, and and I said, okay, I can like this is not religious or something weird, so I'm gonna do it. So I learned TM. Little did I know my life totally changed the minute I learned to meditate. I applied to the university. Uh, the minute I applied to the university, I came back with my boyfriend. Then after that, then um, I, I got accepted as university, uh, but then I just, like, I already took the decision that I was gonna do this. So when I got to the university, I did my test, my TOEFL test, and I needed to have 550. And my score was 525. So I couldn't do what I wanted to do. So I had to do ESL for one more year. So I did ESL. And then I learned about Ayurveda during that time. And then I just, and then when I was in the dining room, the dining room, I will see the people coming after the treatments and everybody talking about this and how incredible it was. I went to have a treatment and I thought, this is just incredible. I never felt like this in my life. I got to learn this for not for work. I was planning to work, continue working in computers, but um, to practice on my family whenever I get married. So I apply, I got accepted, and then I um, did the whole program for, for three years, and then I graduated, and then they asked me if I could come here for uh, six weeks to train some people at the Maharishi clinic in pacific palisades and i said okay during those six weeks i met my husband roger Um, and then after that just got married got my kids i have two kids um and uh people keep asking me they closed the clinic in 96 so the people call me and said could you please give panchakarma um, so then I was okay. So I used to go to people's houses and go and do a bunch of karma in people's houses. But it was just like bringing all these things and oils and you know how much things I use. So then I said, no, I have to open a space. So in 2001, I opened a little room and I started there with one room and then I just started doing it by myself at the beginning. And then I got a partner and then I, we did that for a while, for a while, for like six or seven years. And then, um, then I got a bigger space now with two rooms. Then we go into three rooms, and now we're in four rooms. And and uh, and next year we're probably gonna move to the. We're gonna probably work with pro- proper hotel on Wilshire and Seven, and then we're gonna open more of like all like you it's more not in a house setting. It's gonna be more in a. Uh, commercial setting, uh, where we're going now offer Ayurveda for everyone. Okay, and so because
0: Ayurveda is very elusive and and some of my listeners know that i I always I say my body healed itself of a, of assistant in her neck in two thousand and seven with the use of Ayurveda. I was not I was with a a physician who was an Indian man. Who, uh, who likes to remain anonymous, actually. Um, but he prescribed herbs to me, and it really was a lifestyle shift. So it was this awareness of understanding that um, that I didn't have to say yes to any business that knocked on my door. And he would tell me, like, for instance, he never took business calls after 530. So if, if you got sick after 530, you just, you're not reaching him. <laughs> so, um, but it, it, was a, it was a shift of perspective where he presented to me, he said, we don't invite unwanted guests into our home." meaning stressful situations, dramatic situations, uh, emotionally turbulent situations, he said sometimes they arrive and we have to deal with them. But you don't start your life off designing it to receive all this stuff that is sucking your life force or depleting you. And then he asked me another question, which was really profound. He said, because I told him I tried to couch it and in, oh, I'm involved in a lot of business and, you know, it's very creative. You know, I would use that term a lot. Well, I'm very creative and I'm, you know, and he would just kind of nod at me like, yes, yes. And, and he said to me, you know, how many of your business associates, Uh, do you imagine are going to be in your hotel, in your hospital room when you have cancer and you're dying? And I had to stop. And I thought, none of them, (laughs) like none of them, none of these people that I've been trying to please, that I've been trying to push my body or extend to these, you know, Herculean limits to prove something, which I don't, you know, wasn't even in touch with at the time, none of them would have even probably thought a second thought if I had died, and so then that's when I understood that I was having wrong thinking in the things that I was putting foremost in in my life. So, um, and and Ayurveda, it's been interesting for me too because I discovered yoga in my uh, early thirties, and. I've clearly had many lifetimes as a yogi. I mean, this is, I think when we meet, you know, friends and sisters along the path, I mean, I feel that with you. It's a shared kind of knowledge that's in our cells. So um, it's no doubt that you've, you've been in these traditions other lifetimes with your level of, of expertise and knowledge. Um, but what I think is that um, what Ayurveda has done for me is every time I go into it and I experience something about it, I gain one little kernel or one seed of transformation that I'm able to then incorporate. Um, But Ayurveda is very complex. It's very, it seems very, it's not simple. And I think it's not simple because we're each so unique. First of all, you know, we're humans. We have these three doshas, which I would like you to talk about those again at length. Um, And then we're also so unique. And I know that in some of my tantric studies, you know, we would say to the guru, like, well, what about black sesame seeds? And he would say, for whom and when? So that was always the answer, for whom and when. So here we are, I'm in wellness, I'm writing plant-based books. You know, I I do subscribe and know that predominantly plant-based living is the way for our planet, for our bodies. However, I always refrain from telling anyone what they should or shouldn't do because it's it's so unique. Just like my road to enlightenment is going to be completely unique to yours because we're both completely unique human beings even though we share this love together of some of these sciences and traditions and things. So the thing that I think you could really help us with is that we have the word ayurveda put out all over the internet. There are various sites that have like sprung up that are like, you know, tweeting certain soups or calling out doshas and it's it's done so kind of light like like it's like it's nothing. And it's so complex, and the other thing that I find very confusing is, because you can't have somebody take a pulse read, which the way you find out what's going on in the body is to take a pulse, and I would like you to speak more on that, Um, but... Uh, and the different layers, like as I understand it from my friend Jennifer Ayers, who worked with Dr. Ladd, who comes on retreat with me, you know, she was saying, depending on the willingness of the person, she can tell 20, 20 different levels of states of what the body and emotions and spirit is doing through the pulse, you know. So y- this isn't something you can get in a tweet. Or you can, uh, my favorite is like a quiz in Cosmo magazine or something. You know, you take those quizzes and if you, come on, you guys who are listening, you've done it right. And you're totally confused afterwards. Like it doesn't make any sense. And so can you just speak to us about how can we begin to experience Ayurveda? Because it is important. And I'm glad that these sites exist for that reason. But how do we even begin to embrace it? Talk to us about the doshas. Talk to us about the pulse as a diagnostic. And then take me through, I'll ask you again if you forget this, because I don't want to ask you too many questions. But for instance, when I came for Panchakarma, you performed, you had like, three or four custom designed treatments every day for me for seven days. And no one even knows what those are. So let's talk about what those are deeply, those things. But first, let's talk about the doshas. So what are the doshas in life? And I mean, within a human body, within any life form, within the seasons, within the age range, like let's talk about dosha a little bit.
1: Okay, Julie, so we're we're talking about doshas. So for me, it's very important I can talk to you about vata, pizza, and kapha, and then tell you all the different characteristics for one and the other and the other. But the most important thing that I see every day, that I've seen more and more, because it's like you said, it's becoming more like everywhere. Ayurveda this, Twitter this, the soup that do this, and it's so generalized. So what you were saying that I was doing uh, customizing different treatments for you, it was specifically you. When you do this test, then you find out, yeah, OK, I'm Vata pita. But it's very important to know what is your imbalance. What is happening to you? Because this is how you were born. But what is happening to you now? I could be Vata pita, but if I'm a menopause, my pita is going to be way out of balance or tends to be out of balance if I didn't take care of myself during, during, during my life. So if you don't really take care of your periods, for example, that's another big subject that I want to talk about. The women with a period, but I don't want to, to, I will talk about this in a second. But, so menopause, menopause comes, what happens? Women get totally hot, they start having, hot flashes. They start getting, sometimes they get really hot. They cannot sleep. They're sweating, they're sweating at night. They get really in a bad mood. It's like someone took over your body. Like the person that you were is not once menopause comes. So what happens is that, yeah, you go to the internet. You go and do this, this test. But you are not really taking care of what the problem in your life is right now. So that's why it's important to go to, to a practitioner to go to all the different levels, to see what is happening to you. Because if it was that simple like taking a test and then knowing, okay, this is my other adoption, this is my other, I'm gonna do this and that. No, everybody is different. And like I said, if, some, if a woman took care of herself during, during her life, like what I wanted to talk about is, for example, getting your period. Simple as you get your period. Women just keep doing everything, keep working, keep planning, keep, keep uh, playing, uh, keep going to exercise. No, this is a, that's why, like in the Jewish tradition, we have the red tent. What was the red tent? They will go there and stop. And all the women will get together during that time. And they support each other. What happened with the American Indian? They have the, the, the moon lodge. So women will go there for that. What happens today? When I was in India, last time I was in India, I was in a store and I needed more, more money. So I said, oh, I'm going to go to my room, which was closed, I was in an ashram, and then I'm going to come back. I went to, and then she says, yeah, no problem. When I went to my room and come back, it took me 10, 15 minutes. By the time I come back, the store was closed. And I went, what happened? <laughs> she, she knew I was coming back. And then suddenly someone came and opened the store and was like, what happened? And then she said, uh, he said to me, oh, I'm so sorry. She got her period, so she had to go. To that extent, is in India how women respect their bodies when they get their period, they just stop. So it's very important, again, to listen to your body and respect your body. Women are not respecting their body right now. I got a client just a few days ago. that She's been taking these hormones. And and then I was like, I did her pulse. And I know like, what's going on with your period? It's, it's, it's very fluctuating in the pulse. Um, so that means that it's going pita and vata and pita and vata. And there's no kapha at all. This is really strange. Um, I've never seen this pulse like this. I've literally never seen it. Because sometimes if you take medicine it does change the pulse in an amazing way. So I said I asked her what what's going on? And then she said, Oh, I'm taking this um birth control for the last ten years. And I haven't had my period for ten years. And then we keep going like oh, like, okay, you should consider not to be doing this anymore. This is a natural process our body has to go through, especially women, and we are so lucky to have it because it's a way to the body to be able to detox, especially women. We need this. Uh, and then she said, yeah, I know, I should not do it. But it was, I was getting some cramps, and I just, like, did not want it, so I did not want it to go through this, and they gave me this, so I didn't have to have my period. So for 10 years, she hasn't had her period. So when I see this, I go, what is happening? What is happening? How Western medicine, which I'm, I, I'm not against it or at all, is like incredible tool for me too because there's many tests that Western medicine can help me to help someone because then I have the numbers and the guides for me to, to, to help someone. But how a doctor will be okay that a woman will not get her period for 10 years. That, for me, is, is just it's just so sad.
0: Yeah. And can I offer something on this subject as well? Because I, I think this is really, really important. And I went through menopause maybe, I don't know, like three, four, maybe it's been five years now. And when it first started happening, uh, because it's in the planetary grid, I was like, okay, this is happening. Now I need to call somebody, first of all so i called you know the clinic or whoever i found and what i discovered is that they have these organizations groups of doctors that have bought, that have that have joined forces together and they form like sort of like a coalition or like a um, like a like a like a collective of doctors and then what they do is they charge the women $1000 and for $1,000, what they offer you is 24-hour support if you feel like you're freaking out or you're losing your marbles. You can call in and someone will talk to you. And then I went and met with a doctor who was referred from a friend of mine. And this this man, he's a, he's a man, is sitting there telling me that, because I really, I, I had pretty minor symptoms. I had some um, tender some vaginal like tenderness. And some heat fluctuations, but nothing that was keeping me up at night and nothing like too crazy. Uh, but I was like, okay, this is happening. I want to be responsible. So like, how, it, how does this go? You know, and then here, this guy is prescribing me that he could give me a hormone cream that I could apply vaginally. And I, I just was looking at him and I was contemplating humanity like as a race or a species or a life form. And I was like, first of all, why am I sitting in front of a man right now who is consulting me about my feminine body, first of all. And then second of all, it seemed to me a racket that was kind of designed, like it was this knowledge that when women go through this change, they become crazy, irritable. They also become useless because they now are beyond childbearing years. So now the predominant belief in the culture is that the male will choose a younger model for the replacement. I mean, it really is a much bigger collective thought form. And I had been meditating with Swami Vidya Dishananda, and and I had a a meeting with him, and, and one of the most beautiful things that he said to me was that he said that In this stage of my life, I am in the most creative stage of my life. Like in the Vedas, it's viewed as... A beautiful time of life. It's like we've done our service, we've given birth to the children, and now we move into like fully cultivating this creativity or embodying the creativity. Yet in the Western culture or in this world, that's really the view. And even menopause is it's such it's not really a beautiful word, but you know, men go through menopause as well. It's called menopause, but they but we don't talk about it and it doesn't have those stigmas. And so what I did is I decided to not take anything. I also had a lot of friends who take bioidenticals. It's almost like it's a given. Oh, well, this is what I had to have. And then I noticed that a lot of women in the community I was seeing, they were training a lot. Like they would be like running double marathons or like lifting weights all day or, and they were on bioidenticals. And I was like, I was thinking like, Okay, so God or the creator or like whatever it is had to have like there has to be a natural flow to this whole thing. And so luckily I didn't go into that and instead I decided to do pranayama and I did I did spinal breathing. That's it. Like putting my awareness in my spine, inhaling very long and deep as long as I could, holding for a beat, exhaling down. That's it. Like simple, simple, simple pranayama. I did 36 sets morning and night. And 100% of my symptoms completely disappeared. Now, I didn't have super severe, but I, I would love for you to speak to us about this, about what is the natural rhythm? You know, what is the remedy in Ayurveda? And if anybody who's listening to this podcast is in that stage, how can we shift our, our perspective of it so that we can empower ourselves? Something
1: like that. Well, <clears throat> so... First of all, Ayurveda says that when we go into menopause, uh, we are going to the wisdom. This is a time for wisdom, for women to get the wisdom. And you already got the wisdom all through your life now. Now you share it with everyone. So this is a time to go in and share that. And in, in stories of, of, of that, you, they say that this is the time you can just go. Like, go to an ashram or go away and then get all this knowledge and then go more into, get more spiritual and get, go more into, because you already did it. You already have your kids, the kids are going to have your grandchildren. Now it's time for you to now go. And it's, because it's time, is when you can really open to a spiritual experience in an amazing way. So, what I recommend to women at this point, to really pay attention to their bodies. Change their diet, Do not do exercise like crazy, because you don't need to do that anymore. And accept what is happening to your body. <clears throat> and then here comes another one that is like, you, you see a lot of uh, people from Hollywood, from women that are getting older, which I love, for example, Meryl Streep. If you see her, she's getting older, and you can see, or, or you can see Julia Roberts, that is just like amazing. She's just like, you see that she's getting older and she's being with it and not pumping herself with all these things that women are doing now. Why are we so afraid? Why do we want to be looking young forever? It is great to get old. I'm not saying great to get old if you take care of your body. You can be, get to be, I've known people they are like 80 90 years old and they still work and they still do things taking care of their body but they can still like teach they can still do things where you don't abuse of your body you really take care of yourself so what i recommend for women when they go to this change to really stay away from wine cuz wine is going to like wine things they are spicy Things they are like saunas or getting to places where there's too hot. Um, uh, I would recommend people, to to women more, to do like what the pita diet is. To basically avoid everything that is acid or creates heat in the body. So if you want i can i don't know how it will be that in, in this case so that there there's a whole you can find the internet any pita diet that you can follow during this time and this will really will help yeah and then also there is wonderful herbs in ayurveda that they are so beautiful there is one called Shatavari. that it call it they, it's called the hundred housewives yeah is hundred husbands, it's, it's an amazing, beautiful herb. Is uh, and the smell of it is like really amazing, and it's just just to replace to help you go through this. To do, so if you have dryness, if you don't have uh, libido, that will this herb will help you with that. There is there is musta. There is uh, there is. Um, I don't want to go over the different herbs, but there is beautiful other herbs that in Ayurveda or even in Western medicine, in Western herbs, they are beautiful, that you can take that every day and then just help your body to go through this transition and then respect your body through this time. Mm -hmm.
0: So like for instance, the Shatavari, is that something that like knowing my constitution, is that good for me or is there an aspect of it that could be create an imbalance in me. I'm just asking, I've never taken that one. It was funny cuz I was looking at it actually online yesterday. Is it, it comes in like a like kind of like a like a paste, right? Is it no, Oh, so this is different then. Maybe it's Oh, I was like a Shilajit. Shilajit. Yeah. No, 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 see, rug. Yeah. And is that Shilajit for me or not for me?
1: Shilajit turns uh, Shilajit is an amazing. It's it's um, incredible mineral. Uh, and Chilajit tends to to get a little bit of heat in the body but it is it is uh, it looks like tar have you seen it? Mm-hmm. It like Tasty. literally looks like tar. It tastes like tar too <laughs> but it's a very powerful herb you, you have to take like the size of a rice size like a grain of rice. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to take a day but it just balances your body in a form in a way like if you are the lack like the the earth is lacking for minerals this will be an amazing way to get minerals into your body so but it has to be very very little shatavari um, will be everybody's different and then you will have to see like with the pulse and see how you're doing but shatavari will be a form of estrogen that you will take into your body so it all depends also on your test and how you're doing. If your if your estrogen is high, if your estrogen is low, and then normally, well, you go to menopause, it's starting to get low. So you can take some of that, and that will help you. Yeah.
0: Of course, I had to try to get my own diagnostic in this. In this. In this. Okay. So so basically, what we've identified is that Ayurveda is very individual, and so you really even you know even within this conversation. My from my experience, anytime anybody emails me with a chronic or a very severe condition, my first thing that I do is I send them to ayurveda.com, to Dr. vasantlad or or recently since I met Marta, just also here. So, you know, you have to find a practitioner because you need that pulse read and you need somebody who's looking at you as a unique organism, organism of life and it is different for every single person because you have different imbalances or different things that you're challenged with. Like for instance, me with my, um, my headache history and the fact that I get heated and we're trying to watch that in the body, you know, that, that introduces a whole other condition that Marta has to look at and she has to consider when she's prescribing herbs and treatments and things for me. So for instance, when I was in Panchakarma with her, I'm going to just take you through one day and, um, I'm going to actually, I'll, I'll give like a brief and then Marta can kind of say what she was doing. But it's the most luxurious nourishment and honoring of my body that I've ever experienced to date in my life. And it kind of is no accident that, you know, that it was now, you know, my oldest boys just moved out in January. I still have two young girls that live at home, but we feel like empty nesters and, you know, and I've gone through, you know, menopause and I'm in my fifties and I just was marveling at the luxurious quality of what I experienced with you. Um, It was also challenging. I had a lot of detox come out in my hips. I had a lot of pain. So it's not just a cakewalk, but it's a, it's an amazing journey. So my first day, well, I'm going to let Marta just, just describe her, just generally my conditions and, and the decisions that you made just as a baseline for people to understand what is panchakarma because they don't even know what it is. We're using a word that's foreign to them. Yeah.
1: You're right. We were lucky when we were talking about Panchakarma. Uh, Panchakarma is, is, is a group, uh, is, uh, through your polls, I decide uh, what treatments I'm going to do and how many days of Panchakarma you're going to do. In India, people go and do Panchakarma for 21, 28 days. And yeah, it's amazing to go to India and do it for 21 or 28, 28 days. And it's way cheaper than there. But there is a big difference between India and here. Uh, when you when India when I went to do panchakarma in India, it was it was really it, panchakarma again is a, is a series of treatments that helps the body detox and uh, balance all the different doshas, balance the vata, the pita and the kapha. So through different treatments, like um, all these names are gonna be very foreign for you guys, but for example, something that everyone everyone should do every day. And that's one of the treatments that we do during the treatment is Abhyanga, which is simple. It's a self-massage. You start doing a massage, and this we, Ayurveda recommends to do for everyone to do it every day. Which is, uh, uh, we make the oil specially for each person. And if you, if you, for example, you are too hot, then I will be, for pita, then I will use coconut oil. So at that point, it would be great to do a massage to yourself which is the abhyanga. Uh The abhyanga is a self-massage where you actually do whatever the joints, you do circles, whatever the muscles, you go up and down, and then making sure that you move all the toxins through the lymph. So if anyone not, doesn't know where the lymph is, is is inside your arms and inside the the legs. Is that un- understandable? <laughs> yeah. OK. <laughs> so it's very important to do the, the massage every day. If you move the toxins through the lymph before it go deeper into the tissues, if you do this every day, your body will work in a totally different way. The day that I don't do a bianga, that I don't do my massage every day, and I don't do oil every day in my hair, I do like two or maybe once a week. That's really amazing how it helps with the vata, with the mind, with the going, 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 and it just like balances me. I can think, I can work, I can go here and there without having that buzz of going and like that, it just kind of calms me down. It really helps. And then it really helps move the toxins so I don't get sick. I, I have like maybe if I get once a year, I get a cold, it's, it's, sometimes I don't even get a cold for years. Uh, sometimes when I do too much, sometimes it gets a little too much, then I get sick, but I do listen to my body and try not to get sick. So Abhyanga helps that. So one of the treatments that we do during the treatment, the the first, one of the first treatments that we do is Abhyanga, which is the same, but now it's done by two people at the same time. And then I make the oil the day before, or sometimes two days before or three days before, depends of what my purpose is to do to this person. And then <clears throat> we literally pour the oil on the body. It's like you get so much oil. And then we do this synchronized massage through the entire body. When this is done with three people, so three people, the person that is receiving and two people that is giving the massage, when it's done at the same time, the feeling of this is like literally makes you transcend or go out of your body you just like you're there but you are not there it's very difficult to explain this this um, feeling it's like if i will ask you guys can you please explain me how explain to me how a strawberry tastes most people cannot explain that so this is the same thing so when you do when you have an abhyanga that is well done and then is designed to really relax the body it really it's incredible It takes you to a different state of consciousness. Then after that, then we'll do... uh, And that's when we decide what treatment, uh, what other treatment I'll decide to do. And that's when I... Like for Julie, I... It was difficult because part of her body was hot, part of the body was cold. So I had to decide and did some things that are not traditionally done for everyone here. So I did specific things where I divide, like if I have to divide, like if I was like doing two different bodies. <laughs> so I have a treatment where I needed to warm part of the treatment and then cool the rest of the treatment. The cool the sorry, cool the rest of my body, which is not normally done in Ayurveda, but that's what I felt at that moment that I needed to do for her. So I did that for her. And then we did, different, uh, again, different shirodaras. And that's the shirodara is the pouring all in the forehead. And that's what everybody knows, the pouring all in the forehead. If you go to now, a lot of different uh, places are often shirodaras. And again, this is another point that I wanted to make sure that people know that shirodara, it is an amazing treatment. But you have to know what kind of shirodara the person needs. So when you go to a spa and they offer data, just be very careful. Because if you have too much heat, like it was with you, Julie, and then they put this hot oil on your head, you're going to be so aggravated and angry, and you're not going to feel good, and you're going to feel more of a headache. So you have to really, Ayurveda is really designed for each person. So it's not a general, um, like take an Advil for everyone. No, that is not, <laughs> this is going to take your pain. This is not the way it works. So, when you, so for Julie, I have to do different kinds of shirodaras. So sometimes we did it with, um, uh, with buttermilk and milk. Sometimes we did it with coconut water. Sometimes we did it with herbalized water. So it, I have to design something that it was specifically for her uh, situation. So yes, you you were <laughs> an exceptional case of everyone. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, just do it. <laughs> That's what is happening to her. And, um, and then, and, and so the second treatment that you actually receive, it could be totally different for everyone. And then we have scrubs that we call it vartana. And again, there's different herbs that we do it with. So it depends if we want to move the kafa, Like, for example, if someone has cellulite, and then they have a lot of uh, stagnation, then I will do herbs that are more hot. So it moves the circulation. And I will use mustard to create also some heat and be able to move that stagnation that is like women tend to get into their legs and to their hips and to their stomachs, and especially when they get to menopause, these things to get to be even more. And then at the end, the not very favorite for everyone, we do a little of enema. And the enemas, we call it bastis, and those are people are very afraid of them. But uh, a lot of people are getting colonics now, and they are being more easier to accept. But the enemas are also incredible—a way of cleaning your body out of different things that we have uh, accumulated through different. Uh, parts of our life and eating food nowadays with so many pesticides and um, so many uh, this is another kind of worms that I don't want to open, but a lot of different uh things like Monsanto have put into been put into our food uh, with the roundup and the wheat and that's why it's so difficult to be able to have food that is gonna that All these things that we put in every day in our bodies, into our intestines, it starts to go into the tissues. And if we don't clean our system, that that's what the enemas and the colonics do, then it's going to create some accumulation of, pro- of of toxins in the colon. And that's why enemas are so important. And then helps you clean the liver and the colon. And you feel amazing after that. I feel incredible. Every time, like if I have a headache, I don't take a pill. I go on myself and give myself an enema. And and then I feel better 10 minutes later. And I haven't put any chemicals into my body.
0: And um, so the enema or the Basti is, uh, it's also important though to know that these aren't just water or coffee or like really powerful herbs. Again, they're individually prescribed. So you really need to get a pulse read to really know what you need. And during the Panchakarma seven-day treatment, I had Basti every day. It was really no big deal. I mean, it's really quite. After you've had, you know, four children, it's like, you know, big deal. But um, one day it was medicated oil. Then the next day it was chamomile. The next day it was medicated oil. The next day it was chlorophyll. The next day it was. Uh, oil the next day it was coffee so it was kind of like that and and every day Marta's checking my pulse what happened today where are you today what's going on so it's a very regulated thing but that is a really good point because we have so much processed food in our food supply we have pesticides we also have things that are in the environment and so maybe now more than ever this process of cleansing but but with guidance Um, I think it's really important with guidance. I just, I have refrained from really, um, speaking about cleanses because it is so individual and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to suggest something, you know, for the masses, you know, because it's doesn't, doesn't really work that way. So again, you need to find an Ayurvedic practitioner, find somebody in your community and, or come to the Palisades to Surya Spa And work with Marta directly. Anything that is, anything that's going on in your body can be um, cleared. And and what I wanna say is that Ayurveda supports the body to come into divine balance so that the body can heal itself. And I love that about Ayurveda. I love the way that that's worded. So again, we're beginning this process by um, perceiving the body as divine right? Because the body has everything it needs to heal itself. So just even that perspective is so transformative and so expansive. I do want to touch on a couple things. And that is the use of milk and ghee in Ayurveda, because I am a plant based advocate and a plant based chef. And, um, you know, I, I have always said publicly that I'm not I'm not interested in labels. I'm not interested in isms. I don't want to create veganism because then it becomes something for someone to fight against. I am a natural being who is living and I guess maybe has a dream of living in harmony with my environment as a human being, that is already a problem because as human beings, we already create so much waste in just something we buy or the car I drove here to do this interview, or how about the amount of garbage we create? It just breaks my heart. And, you know, no matter how much recycling we do. So there's many, many things, but I've always said that um, I am in an exploration of food as medicine and like with Swami Vidya Dishananda for some time, he was recommending some medicated ghee and I experimented with it for a moment. I didn't find a huge difference, so I stopped using it. But when I came to Marta and she was using this, I'm completely available to use ghee as a carrier for herbs to get into the body. Um, I also had a miraculous experience with it. And um, if that helps me to balance my my head imbalance, um, then I am available for it because I'm here to support my body to be a healthy person. That being said, I'm not using dairy products in my life as a general. So for me, that's the distinct distinguishing point. If I'm using it for medicine, then it's okay. If I'm using it for gluttony or because I like the way that it tastes, then I'm going to choose not to do that. And I have to say that after the Panchakarma, I kind of went for a few weeks and really wasn't using ghee at all and felt fine with it. So it'll be my own process, which, w- which is unique to me. And so I hope that helps answer some of you guys' questions. I've been getting some messages and some inquiries about ghee and Ayurveda. So I hope that helps. And I'm going to give the mic back to Marta now.
1: You said that you had an incredible experience with ghee. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, yeah. So
0: getting back to the, um, you know, the vaginal soreness that I had when I went through this change, um, you know, I just got really super sensitive. And I called my friend Jennifer Ayers, uh, who is one of Dr. Ladd's educators. And she said, I'd like to see you topically use a, a medicated ghee. And I found one on Banyan Botanicals, which is a great source of good quality Ayurvedic products, Banyan Botanicals. And they have something called Beauty Balm. So I bought it. It has rose and geranium in it. I used this application only two times, and I had an almost 100% restoration of the vaginal tissues completely back to normal. And I have no more sensitivity. So when that happened it really, it made an impact on me. And then I was like, wait, maybe, about, maybe I should revisit like the use of medicinal ghee because if it's doing that, like that drastically, it has to be doing something in my body. Um, and also, you know, you guys know how much pain I've been in, you know, I'm no longer in, but I've been experiencing. Uh, so it's been something that I'm open to. But mm-hmm. So talk to me about ghee, Marta, as a carrier for medicine.
1: So I normally take ghee, um, I I change the oils that I take every morning. Uh, For some years, I took ghee, just simple, that's one teaspoon of ghee, or sometimes a tablespoon of ghee in the mornings. Um, And that's what I was was taught uh, at the university, to take some ghee in the morning. And it was just like really amazing to see how it helps you maintain the energy through the day. Um, also, when you take the ghee in the morning, the first thing in the morning, it, it, it um, rejuvenates your tissues, but also lubricates your intestinal tract. So people that, are problem, that have problems with uh, constipation, it is like a miracle. If you have a baby that has a little constipation, you give him like a quarter of a teaspoon of ghee, and then you have some mother's milk. And the baby will be going to the bathroom immediately because it gets it, ghee is so absorbed by the tissues. So that's why I love it to, to prescribe it with herbs because when I want something to go deeper into the tissues really quickly, it really gets absorbed by the body in a very effective way. So that's why you had the experience that you had because the body does really respond to it really, uh, and there's not a mistake why Ganesh, which is one of the goddesses in Ayurveda, the the god of uh, removal of obstacles, he has a pot of ghee in his hands. Danvantari, which is the god of Ayurveda, also has a pot of ghee in his his hand. That's showing us the power of ghee, the power of uh, how it can go into your tissues and change our bodies in a very, very, very cellular level. When we do the Panchakarma, I ask people to take a certain amount of ghee. Um, not I, Ayurveda, when you come and do Panchakarma, we ask people to take, at the beginning, two teaspoons the first day. The next day, we do four teaspoons. The next day, we do six teaspoons. The next day, we do eight teaspoons. When you, when you take the ghee and all other fat during these four days, <clears throat> and then you go into a uh, well cooked and a an, uh, cooked diet nothing raw what happens the ghee moves moves all the lipofits moves all the different toxins to your gi tract. And then the fifth day you do some castor oil the castor oil just brings everything out so what happens that's why you start getting all the glow after all you take the, the ghee after the ghee moves and you sometimes the last day you feel really sluggish you feel like what is happening? <clears throat> and people sometimes call me and say, no, I don't feel that well. I feel headaches. Yeah, <clears throat> because you are detoxing. The ghee is moving all the toxins out. And all the people also get headache because they stop drinking coffee. So that's the other one. <laughs> they stop drinking the coffee. So that, that's one of the effects of, of, um, of detoxing. So getting coffee, getting, getting headaches is a totally normal thing. But the ghee is just, just moving all the different things that get out of the tissues. It's so incredible how this happens. Um, I have a whole, a whole thing that I can put in the website, the whole study that they did on, on how the ghee moves the toxins to the, to the GI tract. And then the fifth day, you do the casserole, and the casserole just brings everything out. Just this morning, I was talking to one of the clients that he, she was amazed of uh, when she did the castor oil. What happened to her? The smell, she said, the smell that came out of her. It was so incredible. <laughs> but just because it's the accumulation of these toxins that were out. One of the clients that I was talking the other day, she had, uh, she had to take this chemo. Um, her situation and it was a very dangerous uh drug that she needed to take it was so dangerous that she needed to flush her toilet every time she went twice so it will not affect her husband she hasn't taken this medicine for four years and then that's when she did panchakarma and maybe the third or fourth day uh, she did all the home prep she did all the ghee all the castor oil and then uh maybe the fourth day on the panchakarma she had to go t- after the basti, after the enema. She went to the bathroom. And then she said, I, that smell from that medicine came back. And we're talking about four or five years that she had this. So the ghee and the oil has moved all this out of her body. And literally all her edema, all her swollen, after those seven days that doctors haven't been able to do anything, it was gone. So she felt so much better. So that's why the use of ghee in Ayurveda is so important because it really goes into the, t- the tissues and to the level of the cell the cell, and move the toxins out.
0: Yeah, and this is the way Marta prescribes it too, is you, you wake up, you scrape your tongue and you go down and take the medicinal ghee and wait 20 minutes before drinking anything else so you're literally taking it as medicine you're not spreading it i mean you could you know in ayurveda it prescribes but this is you're just taking it as medicine it's it's a it's a part of the cleansing treatment and the other thing that i want to point out is just the way that the cows are treated in india when you know they get this sacred ghee from this being that they consider to be god you know really an aspect of god and when they're when they're getting the milk or getting uh, you know the products from the cow they do it in a very sacred way where the first fourth of the milk is given back to the calf that belongs to the mother cow. So they're not separating the cows from the moms and then stealing all the milk and then shooting the cow full of hormones to make more milk. They're actually honoring and worshiping the cows. So the first fourth of the milk goes back to the baby calf. The second quarter goes, you know, I guess to make ghee or to make products. And, you know, then they offer you know, a a substantial amount back to the earth or there's some kind of process like that, the way that they treat the cow. Um, So it's also important to just keep that in mind. And again, without creating too much dogma or too many rules around how we're living, uh, again, we can change the world by adopting a predominantly plant-based Uh, lifestyle. We can stop engaging in the animal agriculture that's polluting our oceans, polluting our earth, the methane, all this kind of thing. Um, We can uh, really heal our bodies to a great extent with a lot of the plants that we are eating because we're not eating processed food. Um, And there are specific cases where we need some animal product as medicine. Ghee is one of these times. Um, in this case, in this application. So that's something for you to consider. Um, And then just before we wrap it up, I just wanted to ask Marta, if you could give us any one thing, like for anybody listening, people listen all over the world. So let's just say there's someone in Finland who's listening and they're kind of interested in this. And they're like, what could I begin with? Um, what would you recommend for them to do as a preparatory um, intro into Ayurveda or into just becoming acquainted with this type of option, really? It's It's an option for your life to create greater harmony with yourself and to start to experience yourself as a divine life form.
1: So what I will recommend for you guys to do, it will be to really listen to your body. Uh, stop, listen to, l- look what the season, look how, l- live by the seasons. That's one of the things that I already emphasized a lot. So we are here in California. If you want to go and buy watermelon, you can just go to Galsons and buy watermelon. But watermelon is not really growing in the in the ground right now because it's not summer. But the fact that we have a way of of transportation of these things that grow from other places, we can have watermelon. But watermelon is not good for you right now. Just listen. Listen to what the earth is giving us. Live by the rules of nature. And if you do that, you cleanse yourself. And that's what Ayurveda recommends to really, she recommends to do Panchakarma, but not everybody can do it. So at least clean yourself. Do some kind of cleanse. The Ayurvedic cleanse is a very simple one that I was talking before, doing the four days of ghee and the castor oil. Uh, every change of the season. So you prepare your body with the excess of what you had already to receive the next uh, season. So if you do that simple thing, like just do a cleanse before each season, your body it's going to work in so much better because there's no accumulation of this thing that we're getting and passing from one season to another season. So that would be... The, the And then to slow down your life a little bit more and really listen to... Um, be with your family, be with your kids, be with your grandkids, cook more. Don't go out to eat every time. And really spend the quality time with your family, with your friends, um, and respect your body.
0: Beautiful. And, you know, very wise words and and very simple, very just getting back to nature, getting back to simplicity and giving yourself permission to just be in the life. I mean, when's the last time you just let yourself lay down and write and read a book for a few hours in the afternoon, just because, you know, (laughs) things like that. And when Marta's talking about the, the cleanse also, just so you guys know, it's a, it is a, it's not a cleanse where you're fasting. Um, basically, you're eating kind of a mono diet for the five days. So you're eating some sort of warm porridge in the morning. And then in the afternoon, it's something called kitchari, which is an Ayurvedic stew. And then if you get hungry, um, she makes this amazing bread. This is Marta's recipe, and they sell it here at Surya. Uh, it's quite extraordinary. It's just an Ayurvedic, super tasty sort of um, you know, uh, like a brunch bread or something like that. It's, it's got taste in apples and different, they have like three or four different flavors. But check that out and, and, and herbs, Ayurvedic herbs, herbs in there. So when you're doing this through the week, it's not like you're, it's not like you're starving. You are eating medicinal food that's been cooked. And then if you get hungry in the evening, you can have like a squash soup or something like that. But it's it's plenty of food. Like you're you're, you're not suffering at all. Um, the ghee also makes you Oh, and she's saying the ghee the ghee gives you the energy. The, the, also the
1: ghee yeah. When you are eating that amount of ghee, like for example, the last two days, this the, when you do the sixty spoons and the eighty spoons, the fat from the ghee makes you very satisfied. So you are not so hungry. You really don't not don't feel hungry because that just makes you enough energy and you're already also going to the detox so you don't really feel that hungry during during the last two days so that that makes you much easier to at night not to eat that much which is another thing that I already recommend not to have big dinners before <clears throat> before you go to bed so the smaller dinner that you can have if you wake up hungry is the best so you can have incredible amazing breakfast that you can do <laughs>
0: So it's it's a very easy very doable cleanse and you do the the medicinal ghee and then on the last day you do the castor oil, which is quite effective. I'm I did the castor oil in the evening, in the night, and I woke up um maybe I think four in the morning. So my body was able to sleep for maybe six hours or five hours before the cleanse happened. So it's something definitely doable. I'm going to be doing it every change of the seasons for certain um, and this is something that you know. Again, living in harmony with nature and eating locally, eating in season. This is all for a reason. There's all there, there's a reason that our environment is a certain way, and so we have to be careful because we have all these fancy health food stores, and we can we can get pineapple in December, you know, or we can get pineapple in. Cleveland, you know, so we have to sort of look at our environment and try to make choices that are more local and more in harmony. Ayurveda is all about being in harmony with your environment, with your seasons, with the time of life with your geography, and every single plant, fruit, vegetable, seed, it all has a dosha, it all has a quality. So you can see that it gets very complicated because nature is vast and she has provided so many different varieties of foods for us. Um, and there's no one answer in so many different diets that are coming out in different topics. So listen to your body, pay attention to how your body digests food, take care of yourself and this Abhyanga massage um, that I just want to talk about that Marta was talking about. Um, When I first heard about Abhyanga massage, my first thought was, well, why would I want to massage myself? (laughs) So you can see the disconnection. That was many years ago. I recently, I'd say probably the last uh, maybe eight months, I've been doing Abhyanga nearly every day I also have an infrared sauna that has been incredible that the folks from clear light saunas uh, gifted me, which was crazy sweet. So, um, anyway, but this Abhyanga massage, um, I'm using either sesame oil. If I can't get the medicated oil that Marta gives for me, um, depending on how I'm feeling, Pitta would have coconut oil, Vata would have sesame oil or castor oil.
1: What about Kapha? What would Kapha have? Uh, I remember mustard. Oh, uh, for kafa, I will do a little bit of mustard oil, but I also will use sesame oil. Sesame oil I will use, or, or sunflower oil.
0: Okay. And is sesame good for all doshas or no too heating for pitta? No, you can use sesame for all doshas. Okay, so that'd be the easiest remedy. So you could do sesame for all doshas. Don't get roasted sesame, just get organic sesame oil. And you're going to start cold press. You're going to start massaging your body with the intention of sort of moving everything towards the heart.
1: Um, and uh, Banyan Botanicals have an incredible uh, video of how to do your It's very simple. It's not that difficult. It's just like really pretty much whatever is a joint you go around. Whatever is a muscle you go up and down. And the ideas go from the arms to the heart, from the feet to the heart. That's the main idea. And you, your face and your ears and the bottom of your feet. Um, so if you go to Banyan Botanicals, you can find that, that video on Avianga. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, I highly recommend doing this. It's also, I've added also a mantra of basically a commitment of self-love to my body. And I spend that time speaking to my body as if she was her own living being and talking to her about how grateful I am for her, how thankful I am, how beautiful I think she is, how miraculous I think she is. And I use this session as a programming to switch The negative self-talk that is running in most of our brains all the time. If you consider what we normally tell our body is that we we wish she was a little shorter, a little uh, fuller, uh, have different color hair, different color eyes. We're always telling our body that it's not quite the right one. It's okay. And we're alive and we're basically happy. But we really wish she looked different or we wish he looked different. So I use this abhyanga as really a practice of saying loving things to my body and spending time acknowledging my feet as these miraculous mechanisms that allow me to walk and run and practice yoga or, you know, giving thanks to my brain for, you know, all the many things that she does for me or my heart and just really feeling into that. And you'll find your mind wander and you have to bring it back and bring it back. But my experience with the Abhyanga is about 45 minutes after I've done it, I'll feel my entire nervous system just drop like three levels into complete peace. And then I'll, I'll marvel at the drastically powerful effect this oil massage has. And yes, when you have it with Marta at Surya Spa, if you, if you can, you should book this session immediately, like immediately, just book the session, come in for a treatment with this tandem, uh, therapist working on you, you will, you will just, it's the most divine thing ever. Um, and everyone should experience it, but Even if you do it yourself, the effect is immense. And we really need this deep nourishment and and sort of um, uh, reprieve from the onslaught of all the external stimulus and everything that's coming at us all the time. So we are incredibly blessed to have Marta, to have her here to even speak to us on this subject. uh, It's not lost on me that she's in my town and I was able to come here and not have to go to India and leave my kids and, you know, be thousands of miles away from home. Uh, Marta, what you do is truly a gift to humanity. It's amazing what you've done here and how you've devoted your life to this. And Roger, with his amazing energy, you guys are a beautiful couple. And I'm excited to see what you're going to do with the spa as it grows and scales and um, you know I hope to be uh, there along the way experiencing these amazing treatments and and uh, also contributing in whatever small way that I can. So if any of you are interested in Ayurveda, if you want to have more information, if you want to book sessions with Marta, she has um, relationships with different hotels. You can fly here and you can stay in certain uh, you know, places and come here every day and receive the treatments. Um, your body can heal itself. It is a divine mechanism. And these uh, these systems and healing treatments are ancient and powerful so um s u r y a spa.com and um, i guess that's it marta thank you so much
1: no thank you and and i want to thank you to trust that we can we we could have helped you when you came and i'm really glad that uh, we were here to help you and we're here to help everyone okay All right, guys, uh, that's it for this week.
0: Until next week, I'm sending you and your loved ones so much grace. May we all be surrounded by grace and blessings and love of the great creator of which we all are from. So lots of love. Namaste. See you soon.